Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host, Abby Williams. Today I'm welcoming on Dana Graham. Dana is the mom of two, and she is here to share her story about how she was really struggling after her daughter was born with the thought of being on someone else's time in a 40 plus hour work week. Um, She talks about how she wanted to spend more time with her babies, but that financially she just could not quit her job. I know so many of us mamas have found ourselves in this exact same situation. She talks about how she wanted to find a way to support her family financially, but feel good about the hours that she was away from her tiny humans. She jumped right into photography and with a lot of great online education and a huge amount of hustle, she turned it into something pretty successful very quickly. She talks about how she had barely picked up a camera prior to starting out, but that she just knew she had to do something. She's trying to empower other moms now to know that they, too, can make the move out of their 9-to-5 grind and find something that they're passionate about and be able to spend more time with their babies. I find Dana's story so relatable and extremely inspiring. Um, I hope that you go check her out. You can find her on Instagram at Dana underscore Graham. You can check her out on her webpage, DanaGrahamPhotography.com. And she also has her own podcast that you can find wherever you're listening to this podcast, Amiss the Chaos Podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. Your support here on the podcast always means the world to me, and I so appreciate you being here. So let's get started. Cheers. So Dana, welcome to the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm so excited that you are here because I know I have tons of questions for you, and I'm sure my listeners have a ton of questions as well. Um, And I'm sure that we'll cover all kinds of great tricks and tips. But Dana, tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, hi, everybody. And thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to, you know, be on somebody else's podcast and talk to to a new group of moms and listeners. So it's it's really exciting to be here. Um, but my name is Dana Graham. I'm a, a motherhood photographer in northern the northern Virginia area. Yeah. So we do, you know, D.C. kind of the DMV area here, um, mainly newborns and family sessions is kind of my jam. I love yeah. actually getting moms in the photo because I feel like so many times you're the one taking them. I have even as a photographer, I have hundreds of pictures of my husband and my kids that are beautiful, even just right. on my iPhone. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, crammed in the back of a car with like 17 double chins and all the things when he takes, you know, it's the back of my head in right. pictures of him. So I'm a huge <laughs> proponent of making sure you get in the photos with your kids because you're going to want them um, in 20 years. So uh, I just recently launched a podcast uh, amidst the chaos, which is basically um a storytelling podcast for moms out there who have started a business. Uh, they kind of wanted to escape their corporate life, their nine to five. I loved my corporate job before I had kids. Uh, I yeah. love the people I work with. I, I enjoyed going to the office every day and doing my thing and being a professional. But once I you know, got pregnant with my daughter, I just, I felt kind of trapped in my day-to-day life and yeah. in, you know, how, how are you supposed to be there for your child when I'm gone with a commute, you know, 50 plus hours a week? And I'm not in control of that schedule. I still work 40 hours a week, but at least I'm in control, right? I can work right. some of those hours in the evening, you know, for myself on my own time and for something that I'm passionate about and to be able to grow that on my own. So um, I have on guests who who talk about how they've 
made that jump from having working a nine to five and then grew their business with their kids at home, which has been kind of uh, crazy and fun, but it's the only option that a lot of people have, right? Yeah. If you're going to go and start a business, a lot of times, if you're going to just make that jump, the daycare costs have to come out, right? So right. you're not having somebody watch your kids if they're really young. So that's kind of how I started and uh, it's been quite the ride. <laughs> I'm like already resonating so much with your story because I feel like the exact same way, you know, where I just didn't feel like I was in control of my motherhood and my work life. And that was really the reason why I left my full-time therapist role. Um, there was like two days a week where I did not see my kids at all. Um, right. I was in school and working and, but you know, I left before she woke up in the morning and I got home after my husband had already put her to bed. And like those, that first year like broke me, I had to leave. Um, and I think like so many moms and parents out there feel this, um, you know, I think that our modern society is not really sustainable for a lot of working parents, um, especially, you know, now this past year, 2020, this pandemic mm -hmm. has really shown a light on some of the crisis that is the working mom, the working parent. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think like, you know, as a society, we have so much work to do, right? This is like such a systemic issue. But before, you know, this great change that maybe will happen, fingers crossed, happens <laughs> in the world, um, what are like some things that moms can be doing in their lives, in their home to transition into these roles where they do have more control, they can show up as the mom I want to be, the employee I want to be, I'm doing something I'm passionate about, this is for me, I'm now thriving, my home is thriving, you know, like, this is like <laughs> the end goal, right? Um, and how do parents kind of make that shift and make that happen? Well, I think it's, you know, pretty multifaceted, but there right. are you have to start and be really, really, really realistic. That is so important because yeah. there are only so many hours in a day. There are 24 hours in a day and newsflash, you have to sleep. <laughs> you have to spend some of those hours actually asleep, right? So right. you really have to kind of map out how it's going to work. And for some people, it looks different than others. So for some, you know, your corporate job may not be quite as, um, time consuming during the day, but you have to be logged on, right? So you have to be right. there and be working and be available, but you maybe can listen to a podcast to start getting ideas of what you want to do, or, you know, you can get working on a website behind the scenes as you're on a phone call that you're not really talking on, you know, that you can kind of maximize those hours that you're at work. My job was not like that. I could not do that in my corporate job. I was on nine hours a day, and working my butt off. So that wasn't an option for me. And so my husband and I kind of knew it's not going to be possible for me to build my business and work my full-time job and be the mom I want to be to my toddler. And I was pregnant at the time with my son. So the way it looked for us was, okay, we'll kind of do this when you have some free time on the weekends and start to get it going a little bit. But it was really the bulk of my, uh, business building was on maternity leave yeah. and I had a tiny baby and I hustled. So you kind of have to be realistic about what you have coming up and how you're going to spend that time. Because my thing was, okay, if I'm working my job and then I'm trying to build my the side hustle into a big business on the weekends, I'm never seeing my kids. And the whole right. point is to see my kids a little bit more and to be able to be present with them a little bit more. And my problem too is I was very, um, and looking back, I, I, I shouldn't have been, but I was very anxious about 
their age. Yeah. I was very anxious that, okay, you get like five years, right? Before your right. kid goes to kindergarten. Right. And yes, of course, like, you know, my kids now they we have a babysitter and, you know, all the things. And I, I am not with them a hundred percent of the time, but I do see them and be am able to maximize that time. I can see them on the, the hours that they're good. I just don't get them in that witching hour before, <laughs> before bedtime. So it's nice to be able to kind of play around with that, but I had yeah. to be realistic when I started. I really had to say, okay, I'm probably this for me, I can't emotionally handle starting a business and working at the same time. So I did wait to really launch until maternity leave. And then we made a ton of sacrifices. I mean, um, yeah. you have to be prepared for that and you have to really prioritize what's important to you. So for me, you know, it wasn't necessarily going out to eat and, you know, having not that we do that now anyway, but right. the money that we would have spent on that, I would have rather saved so that I could be home and, and building my business. So I do think you have to be realistic. The second thing you have to do is get your spouse on board. You have yeah. to have a very supportive spouse. And it's, it's funny because, you know, I, I've heard of tons of women who have started companies and their spouse was like, okay, yeah, you can do that. Like, sure. Like I believe in you kind of, but right. Since I've started my podcast and, and I've really been interviewing moms and like hearing their deep dive story, every single person has had like a gung-ho cheerleader spouse, right? Yeah. And I think if he doesn't start like that, you can make him into that, right? right. It, it, you, But you need that. You do need some sort of level of support um, in your home that kind of gives you a cheerleader because building a business, there isn't a built-in like support system of, you know, building up your confidence. That's not a thing. I know. <laughs> and for people That's like a conversation that, that we have like in my house of like, you know, yes. it's just me over here, like behind yep. mimosas with moms, you know, this platform, this podcast, like everything that I'm doing over here is just me. There's not like an employee that, you know, mm -hmm. you're running into at the coffee station and it's like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, how was that presentation? How was that meeting? Like, did you rock it? You know, there's nobody, there's no hype girl there. And no, you I do don't. need that. You do need that. I you do. And for so some people, important. it's more important than others. And I think yeah. at the beginning, I was like, hey, I'm doing great. Pat right. me on the back. Like, look, but, look um, what I just did over here. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now he knows a little bit. Now he knows a little bit better what questions to ask. Yeah. You know, before he was like, how how was that shooting of the pictures? I'm like, okay, all right. Just it was time out. really good. It was great. Thanks yeah. though. So it's good to have that that support system. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing is you have to know what you want to do. And yeah. it can't it, it can't be something that you don't want to do first off. You have to have the passion, but then you also have to figure out the need, right? There are yeah. literally, literally thousands and thousands of photographers in a 20 mile radius of my home. I mean, yeah. literally thousands in the DMV area. And the, there, but there are thousands of people, there are hundreds of thousands of people. So okay. there's always going to be a need, even if you feel like you're in an oversaturated market. But what you do have to do is be able to pivot and make you a little bit different than everybody else. And it doesn't have to be better. It just has to be better for your ideal client. Right. right? So I'm lucky because in my business, my ideal client is me. <laughs> I wanted, you know, I wanted somebody who would come and take photos in my house of my newborn of just my baby alone. I wanted someone who would take photos of my whole family in my home. Yeah. And I wanted someone who was going to, you know, provide all the digital images. I know this is really specific, but right. it was, that was what I wanted. I knew exactly what I wanted. And there are very few who that did that. that. Yeah. Yep. 
And so what I did was I made sure to have exactly what I wanted, but then also provide you know, the back end personalization of the business where you say, okay, like I've just been through this, right? I just had a baby, my second baby. I just had newborn photos taken. Like I know what it's like to be on that. And you just birthed a child and I'm expecting you to get dressed <laughs> up and have makeup on and look put together 10 right. days after you push a baby out of your body. Like that's a big ask. It's yeah. nuts. Right. Yeah. So you have to be, uh, for me, it was all about being really cognizant of what my ideal client needed and what would, what, where that need was. Right. So yes, I'm passionate about photography and tiny little squishy babies and all their goodness, but I'm also passionate about the moms and giving them, making them feel comfortable and giving them what they need. Right. Right. So I do think there is a level of, okay, Hey, like, let's say you want to start an Etsy shop. Yeah. Right. You need to recognize, okay, yes, I'm passionate about this. I can, I can craft all night. Like, let's go. I got this. And you're, you're excited about it, which is important because I think that's what pushes you through the hard parts. But you have to recognize that there are a bajillion Etsy shops, right? You have right. to figure out where there's a need for something that you do just a little bit different than somebody else. And again, it doesn't have necessarily have to be better, you know, right. quote unquote better, but it does have to be something that people do need and where there's, where there's room for it. So um, I think being really aware of the product you're selling in your brand and you as a person. Um, if it's a service-based business, you really, really have to be pretty introspective and know exactly what you're doing in terms of how you communicate with your clients and how you treat them. Because in a service-based business, you know, like a photographer or, um, you know, I, I just chatted with a professional organizer yesterday. So someone yeah. that it's a pretty intimate thing. If you are doing something with your clients, that's, pretty intimate, you need to really, really do a lot of like introspective work and look at yourself and make sure that you um, are providing them the level of service and the and the empathy that that requires. Yeah, no, we just had a speaker at one of my mom's groups that I'm plugged into um, from an organizer. And she was like talking about how she's pretty much like a therapist because it's very (laughs) like, you know, personal to like get rid of people's stuff. You know, like why people hold on to certain things and why it's like, you know, hard to let go of certain things. And she's like, you know, I really have to spend hours and hours and hours like having these conversations with these people before we can even get to the organizing. I thought that like that whole thing was so interesting. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's I things you don't even think like, come into my home and just like get rid of all of it. Like just I, I want to just leave and you just get rid of all of it. <laughs> I know the organizer <laughs> I the organizer I interviewed yesterday at the end, I was yeah. like, I, I'm literally hiring you. You sold me just in this interview. I need you now. <laughs> right. I just want so. to be organized. I just I don't have the time. And I am like oh, an yeah. organized person. Just like who has the time for this right now? That's my thing. Um Yeah, so I love this. And I think that you're so right about the passion piece. But if it's not something that you're truly passionate about, then it's just going to turn into another job, like your corporate job that it's taking you away from your family. I'm now resentful for this time that I'm being taken away. Or maybe I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm depleted by time I get to my home. And I have nothing left to pour into my little people. And you know, it kind of sounded like that was what you were going through in your corporate job where you're gone for so long and you're on all day long yes so by the time yeah. you get home like I just want to not be on and then you have these tiny people running around who need you to be on too right exactly so that is exhausting um 
So I definitely think like this balance that so many of us moms need is so important. Um, Tell us about, I guess, you know, how moms can find what it is that they're passionate about. You know, like maybe you started out, Mm -hmm. like you said, like, I loved my corporate job. This was exactly what I went to school to do. I loved it. I was, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or whatever, like your story is, you know, but like you loved it. And then you birthed this baby. You became Mm -hmm. a whole new person because that's what happens in motherhood that we're not even prepared for. (laughs) And now like, crap, what is my new passion, right? Um, So how do you feel like moms can navigate that new identity and finding this new thing that is their passion? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, again, I think there are a couple of different ways that you can go with this because there are some people that went to school for something and have been working in a career that they love. So, you know, I know a lot of stories like, um, let's say you went to nursing school and you love being a nurse and then you had a baby and you kind of transitioned into being a, you know, labor and delivery nurse. Right. Right. And then you had another baby and you're like, Ooh, the schedule, this doesn't work for me anymore. You know? (laughs) And so then they think about, okay, like how can I pivot? Right. So they have a certain skill set and a certain, you know, passion that's already there. They have a lot of things they already know and they're able to kind of pivot. The way to do that is to really Again, you already have the passion and the, and the education, so find the need. So maybe there's not a ton of doulas in your area, or maybe there isn't yeah. a doula who um, has just had a baby, or right. maybe, you know, you can, you can kind of pivot into something that way. So the first way is to sort of pivot. The second way is what I did. I was a health insurance broker. Right. <laughs> so literally, so literally not like completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, and I, and I liked it. It was great. I didn't necessarily go to school for it, but I was, you know, well-educated in in the field and, and was doing great. But to me, that, that didn't fuel my fire. That wasn't something I was ready to pivot on. Um, I could have, if it did, I mean, I could have started my, you know, consulting business, but, um, for me, I looked around and I saw what are people, what do I talk about the most? Right. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was passionate about. All, all I wanted to be all the way growing up was mom. That's all I wanted right. to be ever. And so I didn't know what I was good at. I didn't think I had any talent or skill. I honestly, I had not even picked up my DSLR camera that my parents had given me for my wedding present, me and my husband. And in, I don't know, five years. And right. um, I looked around and I thought, and I talked with my friends and my family. And I was like, what do we talk about the most? Like, what have I done the most? And at the time I was, um, super obsessed with this app called tiny beans and yeah. you it's it's like a parenting app it's kind of like facebook but it's really like secure and private where you share and update every day pictures of your kids and i every single day would update tiny beans for my family my grandma my grandmother so my kids great grandmother yeah. would watch these you know pictures and videos come up and it was i mean if i didn't post she was like calling to make sure that we were okay I'm like, okay. Where are the I've, kids? Are they doing today? Right. I've created a monster. It's okay, though. It's okay. But she yeah. loved it. And it meant so much to her to have these pictures and these videos of my kids. And so it made me take more this. pictures. I love, yeah. oh, it's amazing. And that app is legit. So yeah. definitely check it out if you're listening, <laughs> looking for something like that. Because it, it also emails, too. And so she was not super internet savvy, but she had email. And so it right. would just send her the update every day. So I knew that that started making me take more pictures, you know, of my kids. And then I was like, oh, that's not that. I mean, this is a really cute photo, but it's not that great a quality. Like I would never print this. And so I started looking into how to make it better and just like mom blog tips and tricks on how to make your photos a little bit better. And so that was 
fun and I realized that, okay, these are getting pretty cute even with just my phone. Yeah. So for me, that's where I kind of found like, okay, this is what I'm talking about all the time. It's what I'm spending a ton of my time doing. How can I pivot this and turn it into something that people need? And then I, I sort of immediately shut it down. Like I told my yeah. husband, I was like, well, I could, maybe I could be a photographer. And he, he was like, oh, you can do it. You got that. Like, so he's great. But I was like, you're wrong. I don't think so. Um, because if you do a quick Google search of, hey, photographers in my area, there's literally thousands. Why would I ever put myself in a position to be in quote unquote competition with all these people? But then I realized that I just had a baby. You know, I'm about to have another baby. I... I can put myself in their shoes very easily and figure out what I want to do. So I straight hustled and like did all the education I could possibly get my hands on, did a ton of free education at first, and then really, really researched and, and decided how I wanted my images to look and then found people like that who were educators and kind of picked through the weeds and got found the exact people that I wanted to learn from that had a good learning style. Um, had a teaching style that I was able to learn from. And you can kind of see that in a lot of, you know, educators, online courses and their freebies and stuff. You can tell how they're going to teach and if it's going to drive with you. And that's another thing. If you're a course creator, some people don't learn the way you teach, right? And you have to be okay with that. But some people do. And and there could be two exact same courses that are teaching the exact same thing, but there's space for you in the market because you're different. You have a different voice than they do. And I so love you- that you are like giving this advice because I think that there is just so much truth to like the imposter syndrome and just like, so you know, funny. oh my gosh, I can't do it because they're doing it and they're doing it so much better. Mm-hmm. They're so great. Like, why would I even try and go up against this? You know, and there is just so much room for everybody, no matter like what your niche is. Right. Right. And, and you can't, you know, obviously you can have people that you admire and sort of emulate what they do a little bit and you can't copy it. Obviously you have to, but at the beginning, it feels like that. If you don't know what you're doing, right at the beginning, it does feel like, okay, they did this. That seemed like it worked. Like, let me try something similar. And that's good. But, you know, I think, knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel as an entrepreneur in terms of finding your voice and your own brand. For me, when I first started, I was like, I, I kind of am figuring out what I'm doing, but it just looks like everybody else's. Like, why does it look like everybody else's? Why can't I, what do I need to do to make it different? And that was really frustrating and at times made me want to stop because you don't want to just copy people, right? Right. But if you just stick with it, you will find, you, you know, for me, it kind of narrowed down to my ideal client, the type of people that I wanted to work with more than others. And, you know, that helped me refuel my passion a little bit as well, finding like-minded people. And I think that it, all the way through entrepreneurship, you have to remember that there are going to be high, high highs and low, low lows. Yep. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel if you just kind of stick through it and keep going. So, um I don't even remember how the exact question, how we got on this, but I think that, that, you know, sticking through it and knowing that there is um, something on the other side is really important. And I, oh, I, I remember now I did, I totally shut it down when my husband was like, yeah, you could do that. And that was months before I even started and I yeah. shut down the idea, didn't even think about it and then ended up picking it back up and, and going for it. But I'm think about what could have been if I had started when I really had thought about it. So I think, you know, that that is so like, (laughs) that resonates too. And I think a lot of people have done that. I think a lot of people have done that start stop, you know, I hadn't even really gotten going, but it was just that idea in my head. But I think if you have, if you have a gut idea, 
of something that you think could work or would be helpful for somebody or there's a need for. You just try. Finding, yeah, right. You keep finding your way back to that in your head. Just try, just do it. You know, and I think that goes for anything, building your business or, you know, something with your kids and, you know, you have to kind of trust your gut a little bit more than I think a lot of people do. (laughs) Yeah, I think so too. And I, but you know, it's very vulnerable to like go Mm -hmm. out and start something new. You know, it's that all those feelings of rejection or failure, you know, are just like knocking on the other side of that door. And that is really scary. You know, like I totally get why it's scary to go out and start something new. But there's also just like so much joy and connection on the other side too of, you know, all these possibilities and freedom, right? You know, like yes. now now you're on the other side of this. So, you know, you decided, nope, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to start my business. And tell us like, I guess, what your journey has looked like in terms of you know, starting out and now it's like blossomed and you have some of this freedom and this time with your family. Yeah. So, I mean, I did, like I said, I put a ton of education time in from the beginning, but financially for us, I wasn't, I didn't go back after maternity leave with my second and mm-hmm. my husband was supposed to go out of the, it's a whole long story, but my husband yeah. was supposed to go out of the country. And so we, I was like, well, if we don't have childcare costs for two and my husband's leaving, I can go move to my, my parents live in Virginia beach, like maybe three hours from us. Yeah. I can move with my parents. I have a two, a not even two-year-old and a newborn and my husband's about to leave, you know, to go on this big work trip. And what am I like? That sounds terrible. You know, I'm not doing this by myself. So I was like, okay, let's go to my parents. And, you know, we went down there, but for us financially, if we had, we rented out our home, yeah. right? So renters move into our house and we had no childcare costs. We had no mortgage and no childcare costs. That's yeah. my salary. That was my salary at my old job. I mean, that's, right. I live in Nova. So everything is kind of crazy financially here, yeah. but um, that was it. And so that was the solution. Well, then my husband didn't go on his trip. <laughs> we didn't want to miss an extra eight months before he actually did leave right. with our babies. You know, it's almost the whole first year of my son's life. Right. So we moved back and rented a house because we'd already rented out our own. Yeah. And I had to then make the rent, right? I had right. no choice. <laughs> And uh, I had some very well-timed Facebook ads hit me. I think the algorithm worked well. And whatever I was saying around my phone, somebody in the Facebook, you know, stalker world heard me, <laughs> sent me a ton of different um, cool things on Facebook to to look into. And I kind of went from there and figured out what education I really would be really valuable for me. Yeah. And, and then I, I used Facebook. I did exactly what it did to me. And I um, was able to write, you know, some ads that really came from the heart and were yeah. 100% genuine. I'm not a sales. I'm not in sales. I'm not a salesperson. It's, it's weird to me. I, I just something I could never do. My husband's right. great at it. I'm not. Right. Um, but if you own a business, there's some aspect of sales. And I didn't realize that. And I didn't even realize that's what I was doing this whole but time. But I think like showing up authentically is yes. the most important part of like selling yourself and your brand. It's just like being you people, people want to be around people that Mm -hmm. make them feel good or make them feel, you know, something that or make them realize what they're feeling. So for me, I wrote the I wrote um, a couple of different ads out. Just I I literally just wrote I wrote on pen and paper. And again, I was my ideal client. So that was lucky for me. I just thought about what would what I needed to hear if I hadn't already booked a newborn session. And so right. I wrote it out and I ran an $80 Facebook. I ran $80 worth of Facebook 
ads, which isn't a lot of money in the grand scheme of things at all. That's not very much to spend on marketing. And I booked like almost $12,000 worth of sessions off of $80 from Facebook. But it's only because my ad copy was really, really good. But that's the thing. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to run a Facebook ad, but I educated myself. I found the people who did know how to do that and how to do it well and worked my way in and and modeled after them. So there's tons of things that you can do, but um, when you don't have a choice, right, you have to make up that money. We didn't want to touch our savings. We didn't want to dip into that to make this a reality for our family, for me being home with the kids the the majority of the time. But um, so for, for, so for me, I had to do it. And I think, you know, for Facebook ads were great. And, you know, now it, that looks probably more like Instagram ads, I would think. Um, but there are so many things you can do for free, even if you don't want to spend money on there. I yeah. mean, right now, like TikTok is insane. I'm not on TikTok. I should be. I could be <laughs> going crazy, but I don't have time. I know. I know. Um, I'm not but, on there either. I'm just scrolling over there. But I do. Same. I see like so many different things, yeah. you know, from like artists to clinicians to doctors to like whoever you are, like there is a need and, you know, people are scrolling and watching and it's fun. It's interactive. Uh, I think that that's a great platform for yeah, people. And I think just just posting about yourself, right? The most right. engagement I get on, and I'm sure yours is the same. I would put myself out there to say, I can guarantee that you see the same. Whenever mm-hmm. you post about your family, you and your spouse, you and your kids, just your kid, a milestone, the engagement on those posts is so much higher than any yes. client work or text posts that you could possibly put up. It just is. The engagement is so much better when people, because they're invested in you, right? If they're following you for any reason, they want to know about you and your life. And it's hard when you don't want to share a ton of that. And I totally understand that too, that side of it. But for me, um, again, I'm my ideal client. So if people know what I'm going through and know how I've handled things, it makes them trust me a little bit more. And and I want them to. Um, So I think sharing about my personal life was, has been a really big factor in growing. Um, but yeah, so I, I ran a couple model calls, had not for real models, but for families that were looked like what I wanted to. And yeah. when I say looked like, I mean, they had a newborn, you know, right. and they had a toddler, right? That right. was kind of the wheelhouse I wanted to be in. Um, and I, you know, did those sessions and I actually did those sessions for free and right. gave them three photos from it. I gave them three of the photos and I said, hey, you can have these three. If you want the rest, you can buy them. And I said that right. ahead of time, right? I said, you'll get three no matter what. But the rest I'm going to use for marketing and, you know, whatever. And it worked great. It worked awesome. And I had these images to put with the ads. And then I ran Facebook ads and I just, I hustled. I, it was not pretty in terms of my mental health. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It was not pretty. And it's brutal in the beginning. It was brutal. It was really brutal. brutal. And it's hard because, you know, even on my podcast, you know, we talk about like starting this business and you want, you know, the whole point is I want to empower moms and women to start something if they have a passion for it and think that they could make it work. So I don't really want to talk trash about how hard it was, you know, but I know that's the reality of the situation. And you have to be aware of that. I mean, it's like birthing a baby though. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like those first six weeks after you give birth are brutal. It's brutal on your body. It's brutal on your mental health. Like you have been just ripped apart, literally and figuratively, right? You're Um, right. Same same thing. 
same thing. You know, you're birthing you this business. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to tell pregnant moms, hey, it's about to be, you know, it's gonna horrible. rip you apart. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so worth it. You're but that's it is. so but then you have these babies and you wanted to be a mom, you know, and like you have this business that is yours and it, you know, you built it, you did this. It's so empowering. But yeah, it rips you apart, doesn't it? You're, that is such a great analogy and such a great way to think about it. I, I love that because it's totally true. And you can't really explain how it's going to be worth it. Yeah. But once you see that it's worth it, you see that it's worth it. You know? Just like, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, that's like what we do to women when they reach a certain age, right? We're like, you really need a baby. You need to yeah. get married and have a family, right? And if it's not for you, it's not for you. And if having your own business isn't for you, it's not for you too. But Right. right. But I think having the tools to figure out if it is and hearing from people who have done it and right. hear the genuine highs and lows of the situation. I mean, I was staying up. I was up until 2 a.m. And then yeah. at the time, my baby was still little. I mean, he was tiny, tiny. And he yeah. I lo- he loves me more than anything and always has. And he wants to be <laughs> touching me at all times. And so it was uh, it was it was really rough. I yeah. would say the first like almost year, but really like six to eight months were brutal. And, but now on the other side, I'm like, I can't imagine any other way. And the thought of like, I, you know, we, um, we eventually will be moving overseas for my husband's job. The whole family will be. And it's funny. The government's like, Oh, we'll find you. We'll find you a job over there. I'm like, no, I will never I will find my own job. <laughs> no, I am good. I have got this under control, but thank you so much. Right. Where are you guys moving overseas? We're not quite sure yet. Right now, it's looking like Turkey, maybe. That's um, exciting. So, in a couple, yeah. in the next couple of years. So, going to we'll- say, unless I'm like, uh, photo- like photographing like the royal family or something, like no right. thanks. <laughs> so we'll, yeah, exactly. Out myself, yeah. That gig, then sure. Um, so, yeah. so we'll see. But um, I think, uh, I think having again just seeing people do this and seeing the struggles and and knowing what you're getting into going into it I don't know that I I don't know that I would have done it if I had seen all the you know nitty-gritty but um I'm really glad that I did and I you know maybe a little bit more preparedness for the life would have been good but (laughs) I think um overall there's I I wouldn't have made any changes to how it worked and I just think that you know diving right in there's a lot of, you know, stuff to that too. Like you just got to go for it. And like, you were just like saying, you know, maybe if I would have known, I could have been more prepared (laughs) or something, but you know, that's kind of the experience of it. It's just like dive right in, just like go for it. Um, Dana, where can my listeners and followers find you? Yeah, sure. So my everything's kind of housed under my photography website. So it's DanaGrahamPhotography.com. Or you can also go to AmidstTheChaosPodcast.com and everything will take you back there. Um, But there's tons of stuff on there. There's we'll have um, some I created some mobile presets for moms. The idea, you know, you see these beautiful like mobile presets online that are like in this perfect Instagram feed. But They don't tell you that you have to have like the colors in your photo and the lighting just right and all the things, you know, the the white backgrounds to make them actually look like that. Right. So I I am uh, launching some uh, some po- podcasts, <laughs> some presets <laughs> that are um, some presets that are made for moms who you just take the picture when your kid's running and you don't like the lighting. You don't think about that, right? You don't, you don't have don't to. Yeah, That's, there's no time for that. Right. So these presets are not to make your photos look like a perfect Instagram feed, but to make right. them be 
usable, right? To make them right. be printable and um, and look decent. So those are on there and um, everything for my podcast is on there as well. So Dana, thank you so much for joining me. I so appreciated this conversation and cheers to all the mamas that are going to walk away <laughs> from this conversation and go dive into their businesses. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much for having me. And this was, this was awesome. It was so nice to talk to somebody who gets it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you.